Hello and welcome to What The Lux with me, Fred Moore, and me, Anand Sharma. Together we lead Matter of Form, a design consultancy specialising in brand, digital experience and content. And this is a podcast that calls time on tired ideas of luxury. Alongside industry luminaries and thought leaders, we explore what truly defines category-leading products and services. Continuing our conversations with recognised leaders in travel today, we're delighted to welcome Tom Marchant, co-founder of tailor-made luxury travel company Black Tomato, to the podcast. Black Tomato's pioneering travel products like Get Lost, Blink and Bring It Back reflect the company's unique ability to uncover rare ways in which to experience destinations and then discerning clientele are inspired by handcrafted experiences designed to reflect every passion, obsession and desire. Tom was an early innovator in experience-led travel, is an authority on the space. We're really pleased to get him to speak today. Uh, Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me on, Fred. Um, uh, Very, very kind words you said there. Couldn't have written better myself, and I didn't, so that's great. Tom, it's great to have you on. Um, I think the starting question is, what is experience-led travel? That's a good question. Well, I think it's it's evolving all the time. Um, If I go back to when we started, Back in 2005, it was it was then it is for me now. So it's the pursuit of feeling. I think when we first saw that, we had the idea for Black Tomato. In those days, you know, travel companies would just offer you long lists of destinations. It would tell you where in the world it was and what you could do, but it wouldn't tell you how you're going to feel. And and at the heart of feeling is the experience. And for us, myself, and my partners, that's how we were traveling, always in pursuit of these experiences that gave us these great feelings. And I think that's continue today i think but at the same time the word experience is is far more ubiquitous than it was back then i think you know i often say that you know you walk into a local news agents and pick up a chocolate bar and it's going to tell you you're going to have the best experience of your life when you eat it yeah everything's an experience so these days it demands greater scrutiny and focus on delivering exceptional experiences in travel but yeah it's the pursuit of feeling it's 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 finding an emotional connection in a place through people um, that leaves you changed, um, enhanced, and and all the better for it. Yeah, and we're, we're going to obviously get onto the detail of that, how that comes about, both in terms of what you offer, but also why you do it. But um, it'd also be interesting to know what happened when you and your co-founders started the business. Why why did you personally start it? What were you thinking at the time? When was it? So my, myself and one of my co-founders, we met at university and we connected over a love of travel and actually the idea of entrepreneurship. Both of our fathers um, were entrepreneurs, and I think we just kind of the idea of doing something for yourself um, was there then. And then it was about doing something for yourself around something you love, which was was the next thing for us. And and travel was always this great connector for us and this great catalyst for great adventures. And so coming out of university, we really worked in in corporate world, but all the while knowing that we wanted to do black tomato. After a few years in the in the corporate world, we we launched Black Tomato, albeit in those few years we were we were working what the proposition was, a lot of research, a lot of refinement. And then yeah, it was taking kind of a big step and, and putting ourselves out there with um you know, at the time what well, at the time was a certainly a differentiated proposition. Um, back to your first question about experiences. When we launched the website, we didn't have any category of destinations. It was all about the uh, the emotional needs that experiences would fulfill, which these days in the world of SEO, that's probably quite risky. So, you know, we, we now have on our site lots of destinations and experiences and a connection between feelings. But yeah, it was very much driven from a, a passion that started when we met at college and then we decided to act upon. 
And did people get it at the beginning? Did people get it the way you described the experiences and being experience lab? I think they did. I think one of the key things was we we were looking for a company for people like us. And what I mean by people like us, it was the language we use. It's the way you talk about travel. And I think back then, and still to an extent these days, in some parts of the travel industry, people speak in this very kind of archaic, traditional, formulaic way. And it's not how people talk about travel. And it's not something that gets people excited and passionate about travel. Well, that was our take. So people got it in terms of how we were talking about the experiences and our our purpose and why we were doing what we were doing. At the same time, you know, it was a new company with a strange name. Um, and the kind of the range of experiences that we launched were very different to what you'd find in other places. So they they got the idea and the concept. Um, but as ever, you know, you need some people to kind of dip their toe in the water and try you out. And luckily that happened quite quickly and and subsequently word of mouth and referrals all started kicking in and and we we're off to the races. How did you come up with the awesome name Black Tomato? A number of people think we had a bucket of colours and a bucket of fruit and veg and we just picked one out of each and found the one that sounded best. After university, I was working in London and the job I was an internship and it took me to Russia by chance. It wasn't a plan. I ended up living in Moscow for a number of months and way before it all went very differently. Um, I really enjoyed this, this, this crazy time over there. And subsequently... Um, when we were back in our jobs and as we were starting, you know, thinking about the company, we traveled back to Moscow you know, to, 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 to have trips and explore Russia. And we were in a restaurant in Moscow, well, not a Ukrainian restaurant, actually, tragically. And, um, and the black tomato was on a menu and we thought it sounded strange and asked the waiter as to what it was. And he gave a very impassioned speech about what a black tomato was. It was this is rare form of fruit, but when you find it, it gives you this amazing tasting experience. And that just stuck with us saying, we want to be the black tomato of the travel industry, offering these kind of rare quality experiences. So it was it was something that reflected our journey. Um, and also as a company that started with very, very limited budgets, it was it was a name that people remember. They wouldn't necessarily know what it was, but we, we thought it would at least provoke intrigue and get people interested in, in at least taking a look at the company. And then once they were onto the website or, or talking to us, the, uh, the responsibility then fell on us and the site to convert them. Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant name, um, recognised as such, and uh, has done the job. Tom, I think to, to just getting back to what it is Black Tomato sort of do in in the granular sense, it'd be interesting to hear. Maybe just describe the kind of product at the beginning, and then maybe a couple of your most recent products. You know, fifteen twenty years later, because that will help people visualise it. Yeah, at the beginning, it was it was a lot of adventure and into very unknown places, and and by by unknown, I'm not talking like. I mean, there were a lot of places where the map doesn't go, but it was a place you hadn't thought about. Like, I remember one of the first trips you saw was to the Cronian Spit in Lithuania that people know now, but really back then didn't. We'd done a little recce trip out there and it was this this great, captivating landscape and there was a gorgeous little boutique hotel there. And it was for people, we said, who just wanted to do something different than normal. And it was also about connecting with cultures and communities in interesting places. And, and sure, we had the headline jumping out of planes over mountains and expeditions to this place and not but really at the heart of it it was listening to what our customers wanted but also trying to inspire them to look at travel differently and see how it could stimulate them and challenge them and, and really just lift them and so that started and that was a, that was a range like i say of, and we did a lot of events then as well in terms of taking people to kind of big cultural phenomenon and 
over the years that the kind of that passion has remained, but we've just we've evolved. And so as well as still taking people to the ends of the earth and to some really unique places, it's also about how we get people to experience, say, more well-known places and and looking at it at the eyes through the eyes of cultures and communities there. I'm 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 really against what I call this sort of stop and stare tourism, which is, you know, you go to a place, you look at it, you leave and you've sort of done it. For me and, and our team, it's about fostering connections and really understanding places. I think travel has this incredible power to do great things by taking people there. And and, and so that now means that we offer a range and array of services from immersive expeditions to um, beautiful private houses to multi-generational family trips um, over weeks to yeah, incredibly immersive weekends for couples. It's it's a range, um, but at the heart of all of these trips is this desire to connect people to places and people. And that is a red thread that runs through everything we do at Black Tomato. And our, you know, our purpose as a company is it's inspiring people through remarkable travel experiences. That's Black Tomato's purpose. And when we talk about inspiring people, there's two people referring to that one is our clients but the other one is the, the partners and communities we work with in these places so that that is what we want to do we want to inspire them and do good for them and we do that through creating these remarkable travel experiences uh, what's the, the recent one is it bring it back your your latest well the latest one is is something called see you in the moment but but bring it back to an interesting one as well but see you so so just as a kind of explainer we have our core service which is a tailor-made travel service that we you know we will inspire and, and listen and, and craft bespoke experiences. But every year or so, we look, look to launch a new product line that we think reflects a way that people should consider traveling or, or, or could be traveling, and also how we think people should be traveling. And See You in the Moment is basically, it's our take on really amazing private group travel experiences. We've done a lot of private groups for years. We don't really talk about it too much. But what we wanted to do was really focus on the power of experiences connecting people and, and the, the insight that there are some things that are exponentially better when enjoyed with people you love not everything is but some things are and we wanted to kind of understand what those could be and so we break it down into five categories so it was the meal uh, the event the challenge the journey and the celebration and we went out and curated and created about 40 experiences that capture this essence of and then we call it see you in the moment because it's about getting people to be present in that moment so that moment when you're in this experience everything else is forgotten about you're just there and you're present and you're seeing how your loved ones your friends are reacting to the same thing and it's just this incredibly powerful thing and we yeah we launched that and it's um it's an well i say modestly and and totally uh, biasly i think it's an incredible range of experiences and, and alongside it, what we'd also done is our take on private group travel. We'd also looked at what are the pain points of group travel because I think we've all done private group trips, which with your loved ones, I'm air quoting, but after about three days there, you're deeply unloved ones because the frustrations of traveling around places with people can kind of make you tear your hair out. So with See You in the Moment, it's all about bringing people together for a specific moment in time for all the travel around that you can do individually. So if you're, say, going to watch the Paleo from the private balcony in Siena, but in the build-up to that, some of you want to immerse yourselves in the frenetic craziness of the city, but others want to go off and do foodie stuff. You can all do that on your own, but we bring you together for the moment, and it's about that moment, and that that runs to all of the scene in the moment. And so, do you have that some sort of um, crazy R and D team at Black Tomato who get together once a month and dream up? I mean, because you know we've got there's the James Bond one. There's so many other ones which are really interesting. How's it work? 
so we have an innovation council. We have you know a few kind of well, number of internal um, forums and councils, but but what drives a lot of this is our innovation council, and that's been going for a number of years, and it's a a collection of people from across the business who meet every two months. And the remit is we, we turn up and we talk about ideas around new product lines, new service lines, and just have a discussion around trends we're seeing or insights we're getting, but not just in travel, importantly, outside of travel as well. And that's, it's in the kind of the adjacent possible where you can see ideas that you could bring into your industry. And that group meets and we talk and we collect. And we, there are ideas that are banked and some are put aside for a rainy day and we'll come back to if you think it's evergreen. Some will have such urgency to them that we need to, you know, crack on and, and get it out. But what it what it does, I think, is it it fosters this culture of curiosity, which is key to us, but also a constant focus of are we relevant? You know, what's next? How can we stand apart? And it requires a lot of love. You know, it's it's one thing to kind of talk about it, but then getting people together, making sure people are prepped and, and motivated to do it, rather than just sitting down and hoping for the the muse to arrive. Which it does sometimes, but but that's really key, and it's a it's a cornerstone of the company, and something we're very proud of. What's the most outlandish idea that that you thought up and then discarded for just being too ridiculous? I'll have to I'll have to get the the massive folder of out with these ideas. I think we're always like that's not too outlandish. There was a take on um how to do airports differently, which is I still think it's got a real merit to it, but but it's yeah you, know, you have so many. I mean, there's a lot of ideas that we think that's got real merit if we had like nothing else to do for a year and you know, a 20 million powered R&D budget to do it. But I think the great thing about the idea development approach within the company is, I think it's like, you, you'll know this, Fred, better than I do, but it's like you, you want to kind of start at your limits and say, where, how far can we take this? What's, what, where are we pushing ourselves to in terms of creatively and ideas-wise? And then you allow yourself to kind of put it back or refine it and move it around. And, and there's, there's like see in the moment that came out of a, Another insight about a frustration around, you know, sharing, like splitting costs, and 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 it was just you sort of went with it, and then it came out. I mean, bring it back, which you mentioned earlier, which is I think more more relevant now than ever. Bring it back's concept is that there are fundamental questions we have as humans on a day to day basis. I think, and and often, you know, I have in the past, I've used travel as a vehicle to answer these questions that sometimes I, I can't figure out at home, and it might be to do with my human building blocks it might be like relationships with family love business health and bring it back is this idea that there are certain communities around the world that have a really interesting take on these human cornerstones and to go and spend time in their company and see how they approach these things can be really inspiring and challenge you and can you know hopefully allow you to bring it back into your daily life and affect that change going forward doesn't always mean you necessarily have to it's the perfect way it's just an alternative way and it was really speaking to you know we were digging in up ages ago about on maslow's you know hierarchy and looking at this idea of self-actualization and and when people talk about transformative travel you know it's does everything have to transform and you know it does two days on a beach transform me well arguably it could but it's just you know where does it sit so bring it back was looking at travel as a as, it, as its ability to kind of connect people and answer questions we've got that we might not have the time or the resources to understand at home, take you out away from that, but then bring it back home. And that's that's been a really, really lovely service line and it's growing as well. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, your approach is, it's deeply rooted in the psychology of travel and its uh, its potential to transform people. Is that the main thing you get joy from? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, for, for me, the psychology just in it, in and of itself, I think is fascinating and, and its applicability to human relationships and understanding them, but also the role that, yeah, travel can have and the impact it can have. And we are always thinking about that impact. Yeah, there's, it's, 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 it's all well and good to say, well, go to this far flung place because no one else has done it or, or seen it or, or this is like this outlandish thing you could do. And there's reasons for that. But let's think about the person. What's, what, what's the impact it's going to have on them? What are they looking for? Like, How can we help that? And what's their takeaway going to be? How will that affect them? Good and at times bad if, if, if you think the wrong match is there. And so the, the stuff that really I kind of jones on is the, um, yeah, is seeing the the feedback from people and the effects that, that it's had on them and that how they've been moved and then or how things have changed in their daily lives because of trips they've taken or or how relationships have started between those travelers and the communities they've been in and, and how this continue long after the initial trip is finished. So yeah, we're really at Black Tomato we're, we're very big on, on psychology. And, t- and tell us about your customers. Like who are they, where are they from and what changes are you seeing at the moment in, in behaviors or or wants? Well, they're high net worth and ultra high net worth all over the world. Uh, our biggest market is the United States. We started in London in the UK, and that's still a core cool market for us. But we've seen rapid growth in the US over the last 10 years. I, I was in New York. I lived, I was there for five, six years. Um, we've got a fantastic group of people in the States, and that's, that's our biggest market. Um, but whether they're in the US, the UK, or Europe, or around the world, we have clients in every, every kind of continent. Uh, net worth aside, they are curious individuals. They are, they are people who are in pursuit of feeling, um, who want to use travel to just deliver remarkable moments and experiences for them and are keen not to do the obvious for the obvious sake. That sometimes it's good to do the obvious because the obvious is the best. And, and, and that's, yeah, I don't think you should just do it because it's too obvious. You shouldn't do it. But they are very passionate about exploring and connecting and i think we've seen that been a bit of a shift i think in terms of what matters if you look over like the say the 15 years black tomato has been going i think the stuff that is really important to people today it's, it's higher up um than that it was back then it was important but say like under you know seeing the impact of travel on communities you know building relationships with other places understanding the power that travel can have in educating children or grandchildren and i think it's just it's moving to a point where, and we've always believed this, um, that's it's been part of us, but where it's, where it's, it's much more than just being within the four walls of a plex, um, whether it's a, a hotel or a private place, it's about getting out and coming back, but really understanding, you know, where you are, having a sense of, you know, connection to that place. And I don't think our clients have never been ignorant. That's been a great thing. I, 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 so many of our clients have become friends of mine. They're just such fascinating people. But I think there's a, there's a thirst to, to know more. Um, see more and do more and contribute more um, and that's a really positive thing I find what's so interesting about what you do I get slightly annoyed by sort of experiential travel meaning having to find something new and undiscovered in the sense of like just going further for the sake of going further but the lens you put on it means you can go to the somewhere very near and less kind of um, you know less long distance travel for example and discover something new because it's about a frame of mind that's exactly how we feel like it's it's not about a race to do the undone obviously there are times and places for that and we do that and i and i enjoy doing that but for me it's about recognizing there is beauty and and passion and emotion and lifelong memories in places that are known but can be done differently or um explored in a new way or 
through people that you didn't know or into places. And also the great thing, like the world that sounds so obvious, but places evolve. Right? So, you know, when people say like, oh, I've been there, I've done it. It's like, well, that place is shifting and evolving. Communities are shifting and evolving. Like there's, there's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's about the attitude you're taking. It's the lens, like you say, that you're looking through when you're planning that trip or going to that place that can deliver moments of just wonder, you know, throughout this trip. Um, and we're seeing it also like post COVID, I should add it's, I think before COVID there was for some people, a lot of people that it seemed to be this, like, I've got to get around. I've got to see this place. So it's a new place. So I've got to, it's not fair to say box ticking, but there was a charge. I think out of COVID, I think there was this sort of nostalgia that developed during COVID, which people long for, remember those magical trips they took and, and, and also places, you know, that were perhaps being impacted. And we've seen people wanting to reconnect back to places they've been to before and also take their time. I think, I think part of it might've been initially like, I don't want to take a trip with lots of flights because it's going to be challenging getting through airports and testing. But actually that sort of stayed and said, do you know what? You know, I'm never going to do a country in two weeks. I mean, you're never going to do a country in a lifetime, let's be honest. Uh, but rather than charging around why don't i just go to one or two places and really lean into that really like just languish in that locale and forge relationships have these local experiences and just take a deep breath and <laughs> relax into it it's a new not a new way it's just kind of been a, a shift in terms of the the pace i think people i mean people have never wanted to travel more which is great for our company and, and you know the, the last two years kind of business performance reflects that and that's wonderful um, but it's the way they're traveling that is shifting a bit. And the, the, the shift in priorities of what's important um, is shifting as well. Uh, there, is there anything happening in travel more generally that really excites you? I think there's been a, you know, if you're looking from a kind of sustainability regenerative side, I think um, that has really come on. And I think those two words are, some people say they're interchangeable. I, th I think they're I think they're, they're complementary. I think, you know, sustainability as we see it is, you know, it's making sure you kind of minimize impact, do no harm and, and, and protect. I think regenerative is, is really you know, even more positive, which is doing it sustainably, but also recognizing the power of travel to kind of develop communities, to help communities, to allow them to grow, to allow them to kind of thrive. Um, but alongside that, as these communities you're visiting grow, they're giving you these experiences or creating experiences for, for clients which in and of themselves are just amazing experiences. If, if you didn't even know the impact it's having on helping this community, you'd just love it. But then it's going, well, actually, I'm having this incredible experience with this community who I am then supporting and helping grow, and I'm learning from them and they're learning from us. And it's just, it's, it's, it's lifting. And I think a lot of the industry is, is really cottoning onto that, that sustainability, you know, I think at some stage, and, and not many people see this now, it used to be a, almost like a, you've got to do this so we can feel less guilty and that shift to say like travel like for us you know that you can't get around the fact that yes we do offsetting and there's great schemes to contribute to but you can't get around the fact that sometimes you're going to need to get on planes to go to places but travel is such a force for good in terms of how it helps regenerate or, or grow and sustain communities who rely on on visitors travel there sensitively and, and in an informed manner and I think across the industry, from hoteliers to operators to, to partners in countries, everyone's just buying in far more to this symbiotic relationship between the traveler and the place. Um, and I think that's great. And then there's a whole host of obviously, you know, tech and all that development, which is, which is interesting as well. 
do you use technology? I mean, you you will use it more, but what, are you harnessing tech well to help it, or do you remain analog? We we're big believers in tech. I think look, first and foremost, we're we're big believers and passionate about the the role of human interaction, human engagement, human the psychology part, and and so much of what we do in terms of insight and experience creation and delivery and connection is so intrinsically human that AI can never replace that. And I think that's that's good for us, not just from a future-proofing point, but also kind of what the world should be about. But we always have recognized the, the power of tech to kind of enhance how you can operate. And actually, if our goal is to kind of inspire people through remarkable travel experiences, part of that is the service we create. So are, are there ways that we can take the best of technology blend it with the best of human insight and deliver that for you know, an exceptional experience for the customer. So we are always eyes open to the eyes to the horizon in terms of tech opportunities. Um, we are, as I'm sure everyone is, looking at AI. We're working on some quite fascinating projects actually on it at the moment. I can't talk too much about them, but I think they are things that will have a transformative effect on both how we operate as a business internally, but also the ways we can kind of connect to and steer people. I think like tech for operational aspects of what you do, that's always going to be something that's it's sort of obvious, isn't it? You'd use it. But there's something that I guess you're talking about, perhaps how you might excite people before a trip or make their choices that AI could, could be used there. I think AI done well can bring efficiencies to and speed to, to some of the um, decision making right at the start, not in terms of when, not in terms of how to really explore a place but in terms of helping people with choices but then it gets into ai like what is the llm that ai is working off what is what is feeding the engine that the ai is using that's where it comes down to you and your knowledge and your content and creation so it's still intrinsically it's us at a juncture so not replacing humans but sort of enhancing an aspect further upstream of that process that will connect people more efficiently and effectively but there's a lot of inspiration around it as well not to the point where you know i'm a, I'm a Black Tomato, I think, has been built on really compelling content. I think we, I think we, we do a good job on that. Right from our language, but also to our visual. Yeah, we have in-house film teams who you know, go out and shoot incredible stuff, and we're, we're very big on campaigns. And I think AI you know, can help on inspiration for that, but it's never going to replace the the creative talents um, that I think we have for the humans there who understand it. But it's 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 really early in the piece. I think like we all know it's it's not a it's not a fad, is it? It's it's incredibly powerful. But I think the travel industry is excited about it, or I think it should be excited about it. Other ways, it can, ultimately for us, the way it can enhance the end human experience that we are creating, delivering, which which is all then based upon our research, our network, our people, our guides. Yeah, that you. I used to, I remember I wrote something years ago when um, Alexa first came out, and everyone said, oh, you know, is Alexa going to signify the, the, the death of the travel recommendation? I remember saying, what it might say, tell you things, but it's not going to you know, walk you to the edge of a lock and pour you a whiskey at sunset and, and you know, explain this stuff. So I think you just got to see it for what it is. And, and we, we've always been big embraces of, of the new or, or rather always been excited and then understanding whether it has a role in our world. And some of the, some of the, you know, the, the things of the last few years have been interesting, but we said it's not really. I don't see the longevity in that. I think that's a distraction. I just I don't think we should be wasting time on that. But this one is different. But I think it's really exciting. This is a hard question. What does Black Tomato become? What happens now? You must think about this all the time. Do you do more of the same? Is there some great big pivot around the corner or addition to the business? No, I don't. I think you know if someone says, "What do you want Black Tomato to be?" You know, five years or ten years, relevant, right? Is what I want to be. And, and alongside relevance, I want to matter to someone when it comes to, to doing 
to taking experiences. Now, could you argue that being relevant requires you to kind of do different things? Maybe, but I think at the heart of it, it's still seeing people recognize how passionate we are about giving them remarkable travel experiences. Now, the ways in which we kind of either get that message to is all the ways we kind of go about creating. There's, there's, there's a whole host of things that could evolve and will shape that. But I don't, you know, I don't harbor, you know, there's been lots of things over the years where it's like, you know, black tomatoes can go into this or you could add this to it, add this to it and have all these diffusion lines. And it's very easy to sit there and dream those up. And it's also, we, we did a couple of those earlier in the piece. So we kind of learned from experience and um, one worked, one didn't. And ultimately it was just a very expensive distraction. And I think for us, it's our core business. You know, you've got to look at, I mean, yeah, we all know like Simon Sinek's wise and, you know, is it you know, technology proof, is it political, all that stuff. So we look at what we do as kind of creating these incredible experiences. And as long as humans have this desire to travel, to experience, to connect, understand, learn, share by traveling and looking for these things, there's a role for Black Tomato in that. And there's a role for us in that. And I believe with our approach and our purpose that I want us to continue to kind of grow see more people using us, have more people understand this. But along that journey, there will be additional moves made that will enhance the overall service and experience. And that's what, yeah. that's what at least I hope will happen. We obviously work for Matraform. We work for the luxury industry. What's your definition of luxury? Thoughtfulness. I think thought, to think takes time. Time is a luxury. I think when you're seeing someone, something that has applied thought to it for you, um, that feels like a luxury in an increasingly commoditized world as well, where everything, even when it's super personalized, isn't. Uh, so thoughtfulness, I think. Have to ask it. What's the favorite place you visited? It changes, obviously, all the time. But right now, it's the southern Patagonia National Park in southern Chile. I was there last November for a couple of weeks. And Chile itself, I'd always wanted to get to. I went to the Atacama on that trip as well, and, I, and that was mind-blowing. But the, this, this, this southern national park, has really only just been opened up. Everyone knows Patagonia largely for the Argentine side, which is beautiful, but this place was so remote and wild and quiet. And that's a big thing for me if you're looking at future trends. I think this pursuit of silence, I think is going to become a key thing. It's going to be a luxury because of you know, the white noise and mayhem we deal with day to day to find a place of genuine quiet where all you're hearing is the wind and the wildlife and it's just you. Uh, that was really special. So that's still on a on a particularly manic day. If I'm yeah, sat on the tube and just yeah, moaning about everything in my head, I kind of close my eyes and try and take myself back to um to that place. Amazing. What about uh, a place that you haven't visited yet? Alaska. That again, it's like I, I love I love all types of travel, and there's certain cities I haven't got to want to do. But Alaska has this almost like mythical. And, and and sort of that part of the world, so there's so the Northwest Territories up there. It just is, it, it's wild, and we we do a lot of trips up there for our for clients. Every client that comes back is just to read their feedback is, is is incredible. And all colleagues who I'm very envious of have been there to speak equally. So um yeah, I have a very good friend who has a an incredible outfit up there. Who every year says when are you coming, and every year I say about this time of the year I say right I'm going to sit down. And, talk to my wife and try to negotiate this this trip to Alaska. Um, so it will happen at some stage, I hope. And that is my uh, last quickfire question is how do you negotiate? You could conceivably travel most of the year and probably w- at times would quite like to. How do you negotiate travel with your family? Uh, do you know what? I mean, it's it's been a cornerstone, I'd say. So when my wife and I met, we can travel a lot together. Um, and I've got two daughters now, young daughters now, and, and part one of my joys, I mean, they're, they're only five and three. 
one of the joys is is taking them to places and seeing them reacting to it. Um, so I try and weave as much into it as is realistic. And also, even though it's great to travel the whole time, sometimes you need to be at your desk and you need to be doing this stuff. But um, yeah, don't get to travel as much as I did. Um, and certainly there's some things I look at and think, well, when this was back in the day, and it was just the three of us. And when we also started the company for all the, the genuine reasons, there was also another reason was, how can we just keep traveling uh, that I see these, uh, see some of these trips come across my desk and think, wow. So, um, but I always like each year to try and get at least one big kind of push yourself, like do something different trip. And then, and then around it, it's a, it's a smattering of shorter breaks. Tom, thank you very much. We asked the same four questions to everyone at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to start, um, start with what most irritates you about the industry? I think the industry can be too um, inward looking. I think some of the you need to look outside of the travel industry to you know if if you want to understand how clients want to feel or or how services evolve or things that they're not just comparing you within the travel industry they're comparing you against other services other industries that they deal with and I think there's a lot of practices that are still followed in travel because it's always been done that way and I think that's there's a there's a bit too much navel gazing not many people but it, it's like a comfort zone for people I just think it's just a little collectively push harder lots of people do do that by the way but i think sometimes there's still some quite kind of dinosaur practices out there that should be changed and that comes from this inward looking attitude the second question what most concerns you about the world we're leaving the next generation i think actually loneliness is a is a thing that i'm kind of worried about but i think this is irony that in this kind of increasingly connected world like screens and videos there are so many people who are just kind of behind screens and videos and handsets and and actually, I, I just wish there was a bit more human connection. So I hope, you know, that there's this balance is struck between just because you've seen somewhere or, or done it through a video or a screen doesn't mean you know it, you know, and oh, you see people walking around new cities and all they're doing is looking at their screen and the maybe the augmented reality that's coming up, but they're not talking to people, they're not connecting. And I think it could lead to quite a lonely world. Um, and I think, you know, that it seems to be cropping up a lot at the moment, weirdly, but I've always thought about that. I think about with my daughters, you know, just trying to encourage human connection curiosity and curiosity is more than typing into a search box or, or scrolling through social media it's about connecting to other places and people penultimate question if you had to give up your job tomorrow what would you do i love writing and i love you get to do if you black tomorrow but telling telling stories or creating stories and i i think i would love to have been a foreign correspondent I, I, yeah, you know, a lot of my heroes are, are some of those war correspondents, you know, you, you Tim Hetherington. I, I remember reading Michael Kerr's dispatches in his Vietnam diaries when I was young and just being blown away by that. And, and I think that's, and that was when I had this passion for travel anyway. So I kind of, not sure I had the cojones to do what war correspondents do because it's just mind blowing in terms of what they do and what they put themselves in. I was, I just reread the Bang Bang Club actually the other day because I've read it a few times and I think, you know, but this idea, war aside um, or not, this idea of foreign places, finding stories and sharing that and, and taking those stories and, and informing and educating, I love that. It's something, yeah, I just think something really amazing, so foreign correspondent. Do you know, um, not correspondent, but photographer, obviously, we did a bit of filming uh, a couple of weeks ago with Don McCullen, just a career highlight that pretty much could stop there and go home. That'd be something else. Yeah, I mean, he's just like Bob books of his and... Um, Actually, known his wife from uh, she's a brilliant travel editor. Is a brilliant travel editor, Catherine Fairweather. She's she's incredible, and um, I've never met him, but I've always uh, admired from afar. So um, yeah, I totally agree. 
So Tom, the, the very final question, just we talked about back to Marta, but just for you personally, what's the most exciting thing in the next five years? I think right, it feels exciting now because let's remember we, we went through this pandemic that, and, and the perspective is there were far worse, more significant things that happened in the pandemic than your inability to travel, as tough as it was for the industry, you know, the, the countless people that died and, and more. But there's just kind of, there's an excitement that we're, we're out of that. Who knows what might come next? So you kind of have to steel yourself for that in terms of challenges. But I'm just, I'm thrilled that we're out of that and that this thirst to travel has not just sort of bounced back, but is growing. And then it's how we, how we build on that, how we capitalize on that, taking some of the things you've talked about today about blending this tech and this human and this human insight, like turning that into those powering offering we can offer, growing it in our core markets. And, and what excites me is that, yeah, I'm still as passionate about this and, and have as, as big a fire burning inside me today as I did, you know, on the first day we started, as did my partners. And I think that's kind of exciting because it could be easy to become jaded or tired and, and God knows there've been moments when it's been like that, but right now, and it feels like there's a, there's a great sense of opportunity and we are to go back to, you know, our, this value of being curious, that's, that's, that's the lifeblood of the company. So just to keep, keep innovating, keep pushing, keep being, you know, passionate and remaining relevant. So that will throw up some things. Um, and there's some great projects we're delivering next year, which I can't wait to get into, but, um, it will, uh, it will keep us going. Sure. Well, Tom, uh, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time today. That was a fascinating conversation. Pleasure. Thanks very much for having me on, Fred. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. This has been What The Lux. You can find us on socials at Matterform and drop us any questions or comments on Twitter using the hashtag WhatTheLux. Or if you're a luxury brand looking for strategy and design that goes beyond the banal, get in touch via hello at matchreform.com and chat to one of our consultants.